You're listening to Manufacturing Ignition Hot Topics, bringing you right up to date on the latest trends and discussions within UK manufacturing. Sponsored by Bonfire Recruitment, helping manufacturing leaders across the UK to attract the best talent for their manufacturing company. Ignite your business or career today by visiting www.bonfirerecruitment.com. Here's your hosts, Terry Mallin and Scott Buchanan. this episode of the Manufacturing Ignition Hot Topic, we're going to discuss what is the best way of recruiting young people into manufacturing? What do you think, Scott? Best way of recruiting young people into manufacturing. Now, this clearly on some of the other podcasts we've looked at, we've, we've reviewed some of the challenges facing, was it the back end of last year, wasn't it? So back from the October, November last year where we looked at actually probable challenges facing manufacturing in 2018 and beyond. And, and one of the things that we identified there was actually the, the skill sets and actually getting both young work or younger workers um, and the female workforce involved that, you know, as part of an integral part of manufacturing as well. So I think it's certainly something, it's a huge competition, isn't it? When you're that age, you know, it's it's actually trying to. I mean, I didn't know what I wanted to do until I was thirty odd. <laughs> do you know that way? So I was I was just saying, Scott, you took the words out of my mouth there. Do you know that? What did you want to be when you were at school? Let's put it out there. What did what did Scott Buchanan want to be when he yeah, was at school? I, I used to be able to run, um, so I wanted to be you know the, the, a good runner, which no uh, <laughs> I'm not not quite as good as that. But do you know that way you weren't interested in. I was certainly never interested in thinking as far ahead to, to having the you know the mortgage and actually wanting you know all the, the, the nicer things that, that we all strive for do you know that way and and you you had quite a unique background didn't you you ended up what is it you did again you went to the you were in the navy were you not what have i not done scott i <laughs> uh, so uh, so i i what did i want to do i was just wanting to be a scientist when i was at school which is quite funny actually um <laughs> And then I went and worked in an office, and then I joined the Navy, was in the Navy for five years, and then became a fishing guide, and then, yeah, all well doing manufacturing recruitment. Yeah, it's uh, and this is the point, isn't it? It's about where, you know, one of the reasons I love my job um, and enjoying doing what I'm doing, because you get exposed to so many different, I was speaking to a client yesterday, actually saying exactly the same thing around, you know, the the, the the beauty and the variety that we get exposed to on a daily basis, do you know that way within manufacturing, the different skill sets, different challenges each organisation may be facing, and then working out solutions accordingly, do you know that way? So I guess from an a, a attraction of employees to their business, you know, and actually uh, even from an industry perspective into manufacturing is, here we go again, the government, you know, doing enough to attract people over, I know certainly locally um, the universities, if I go back, it wasn't that long ago, maybe five years ago or so, there was no actual interaction between the university and um, you know, a manufacturing organisation or very, very little. Do you know that way? So um, we were getting candidates coming through you know, with a good degree, with a good you know, exposure to engineering or manufacturing or, or, or management, and yet they didn't have any experience level. To allow them to actually to step in to do that do you know that way and obviously from a, a recruiting perspective and from the company's point of view the company's going well you know we, we need the experience so it's the vicious circle isn't it of of the experience of someone being able to walk in and do the job versus the training the mentoring the, the development and then I guess identifying the right 
type of talent for that role at the younger age. Do you see? And and these are all the, the, the things that are going on. And I guess if there was, you know, a bit more emphasis, and to be fair to a lot of the universities I'm aware of, um, they, they are now trying, certainly trying to working and encouraged to be working with manufacturing companies and engineering companies and, and, and the likes to, to make sure that that's happening. But um yeah, but I think I think looking at it from so so with the question, what's the best way of recruiting young people into manufacturing? You know, last year three quarters of manufacturing companies were concerned about the an aging workforce, and that's and also a different report showed that forty three percent of companies considered skill shortages a major challenge in the sector. Yeah, so putting two and two together, we need to encourage more, you know, more children and young adults, teenagers to have. Uh, an interest in manufacturing. Now, Scott, when I was at school, manufacturing, and, and this is at school and even up to university, right? If somebody says about manufacturing to me, automatically what I thought was somebody started making a product, right? And that's what it was. Actually, the more, the you, you know, once you step into manufacturing, you find out there's a massive opportunity in there with different roles, different opportunities, different career prospects. And it's a very... It's a very, um, you know, it's a very all-encompassing opportunity. Yeah, and and actually, Terry, we've got clients actually that that look at that that actually look at our website and look at what we do, i.e., manufacturing and recruitment, and assume that all we would do is production management or similar. Do you know that way? Um, yeah, don't actually appreciate well. that we actually cover all the technical disciplines, all the sales forces, directorship, yeah, exactly. senior management teams, and quality and so finance, on. HR, ah, you know, you name it. Manufacturing you know. is part of it, and uh, you know, it's it's exactly that. It's education. It's just it's an educational piece actually yeah. of association. And, and I think if we're, if we're wrapping up, you know, when I when, when I'm thinking about what, and this is me personally, and I know this is probably a stereotypical thing, but it, you know that stereotypical thing is the reason why. Most people don't want to get into manufacturing as they probably rate it as low pay. They think of maybe poor conditions within a factory environment. You automatically, as soon as you say the word factory, you automatically think of like steelworks or something like that. That's what no, I do. Anyway. Nothing wrong with the steelworks, Terry. Uh, nothing wrong with the steelworks. Uh, no, def- definitely no, but, but you think of that sort of, you know, hot flames, quite, quite dirty type environment when you're actually thinking of like the 60s, 70s or whatever, you know. And then actually, you know, you, you think of the work as being very monotonous as well. You know, that's automatically what, 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 what most people think. So it's actually, you know, when you're putting that together, you know, low pay. So actually giving people an education and bench, benchmarking against other industries. I mean, finance, you know, law, IT, etc. Manufacturing is well there, you know, especially at a senior level. It's certainly there. You know, so I think it's more of an education into uh, you know the the career opportunities in manufacturing, and that's yeah, you're right, and it's about the opportunity that that that's there. Do you know that way? It's about making sure that the opportunity allows things to happen. Do you know that way? And I think, it, how do you do that though, Terry? How do we actually get you know people's awareness up around where where we can go? Is it from the schools? Is it from the universities? Is it from the apprenticeship schemes? Is it from the brands and the association that actually to be I don't know the Coca Cola rep or the let's do steel mill? You know, say a, you know an aluminium factory whereby actually you could have any you know the the, the, the opportunities um, are there. And I, I know yeah. certainly some of the financial work that we've done whereby we'll, we'll, we've actually we get. 
you know, business from, I guess, people wanting to leave the, you know, practice and go into industry. Do you know that way? Um, and that's where, you know, there's, there's certainly talent there that, that, um, that, that, you know, that, you know, I guess people have found that they actually get bored. Even accountants getting bored within your know, practice and actually oh, want to use the. I, I, I think I think a lot of people watch programs like Suits, and then what they want to be is Harvey Specter out of Suits, and and be the corporate lawyer who's dealing with all the big boys and getting involved with everything and just being a cool guy. Well, actually, you don't have that sort of uh, comparison within manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't have a sort of cool TV episode that goes through <laughs> like manufacturing and actually the life of a, you know, somebody within manufacturing. So I think, to go back to the question, what's the best way of recruiting young people into manufacturing? And how, So firstly, what we need to do is actually reverse the negative perceptions, being, you know, that it's a low-paid industry, that there's poor conditions and it's quite monotonous work. Um, so if we're focusing on first, let, let, let's go through three stages, Scott. Let's go through how do we encourage more children to be interested and in possibly pursuing a career in manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Teenagers, how do you encourage teenagers to, to tailor their education towards manufacturing? And then finally, the sort of millennials, which is people born within the 80s and 90s, which is... Uh, Scott, when were you born, actually? Uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a 70s kind of guy. Are you? Uh, okay, so yeah, uh, I've, I've got the I've got the uh, big long collars going on. Uh, I don't even get that. Did um, you, you didn't actually understand what I was saying there because you're that young. Uh, no. Nah, How old are you? Nah, right. Well, I'm not really that young. I'm 31. Yes, st- ah, man. 19, 1986. So I am classed as a millennial. So I will <laughs> I will be in probably the best shape to discuss. <laughs> how to attract me into manufacturing everyone's, so anyway, everyone's got visions of that art car real, robot thinking of you <laughs> uh, so, 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 to, 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 so how, how do we encourage more children to be interested in manufacturing and, and, and that's probably came into my head Scott you know me and you both been invited to a local school to discuss manufacturing next month and it got me, it got me thinking how do, we, how do you spread the word in schools and I think what, what it's required is actually more manufacturing professionals visiting schools and discussing the sector um, and answering questions, you know, and, you know, possibly inviting school trips into a factory in a safe environment. And that could be, you know, anything that's sort of groundbreaking, like, you know, making the aircraft carriers to, you know, food factories. You know, it's just, it's, you know, children getting involved in that sort of stuff Terry, to see how... Yeah, you're- you're spot on. You're absolutely spot on, and and it's maybe a certain type of person like this. But I I'll never forget. And one of the reasons I'm doing and I've done this job for over eleven years now is the day I was standing inside a drinks factory where I'm looking at a canning machine. At that point, it was only doing seventy five thousand can lids an hour, and the can lids were all over the ceiling. Do you know that way? And then that same afternoon, I'm standing in one of the uh, the, the naval bases, standing next to a it's that. Sounds like Kevin's going for a walk there, Terry, or have you fallen through the window again? No, it is Kevin. He's he's decided to wake up. (laughs) So we've got him to contend with for the next half. Oh, sounds good. But yeah, so that and then that afternoon I'm standing next to a nuclear submarine and and you know in a in a naval base, which is incredible. So you know, and and that's you know, if you if you were a if and that I think there's too many I don't know whether it's parenting or schooling whereby it's almost like beating someone over the back 
you know, back of the head with a stick saying, you know, because you're a doctor or your dad's a doctor, you'll become a doctor. Do you know that way? Or a lawyer, whatever it happens to be. And don't get me wrong, there's a place for that. But actually being able to know what alternatives are open to you. Do you know that way? Um, is, is, is absolutely there. And, and, and one of the, the, the challenges we have from a CV perspective is actually, and we see it all the time, don't we? Whereby, you know, especially at the senior level, whereby someone has done the job for the, a, a decent length of time and then they're saying, look, Scott or Terry, we, we want to do, I want to do something different. Do you know that way? I never actually really enjoyed myself. Do, I didn't want to be doing this role, but it's, I've kind of found myself in it. Do you know that way? So if we could actually have a workforce that was actually wanting to be in it for the right reasons then there's a good chance that everyone will be actually doing a lot better exactly and i know there's a lot of stem programs that are happening as well but even just introducing sort of fun educational games around manufacturing that might be even engineering based as well and it's actually planting some seeds and i mean the best if you look at the best marketing the best business and probably globally and how they market their business Everybody remembers going to McDonald's for their birthday party when they were younger. That was a cool thing to do. Funny enough, the guy who is Ronald McDonald, what is he? He's a clown. It's attractive to, you know, it's actually reaching out to the younger generation where what you build is brand association and what you build is an affiliation with McDonald's. And, you know, putting all that together, you grow up with that brand affiliation or that business sort of type of model. And then you actually go there, you know, and you actually remember, oh, you had parties when you were younger. You actually just grew up with that sort of thing. But does that make sense, Scott? Because I'm kind of rambling. No, but, but I'm smiling here because although I was a 70s kid, I still I was a late 70s kid. But the you're right with the McDonald's. And actually, in my era, Terry, it was Wimpy. It was the, I don't, don't even know if you know of Wimpy. Which, I do, I do. I remember, I remember it being garbage. So, <laughs> I, I, well, that's, that's my opinion. But it was, yeah, and they had a big. Can I, in fact, you're right. I can. I know that McDonald's is a clown. I think that Wimpy was Mister Wimpy, wasn't it? He was kind of a, a dressed up burger or, or similar. So, aye, association. But it is, but it is. It's association, and what it's doing, it's actually promoting a brand to you know to to you know. Cause at the end of the day, it's fast food. Children don't have any money to buy food and what you know, children to parents to take them there and whatever else. But I, I'm, 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 I'm going off topic slightly, but I think it's a valid point on the basis of actually if you have got manufacturing in front of young people and they can actually see that and be able to put, you know, put that into perspective of what manufacturing looks like, you're going to have a lot more buy-in to, not a brand, but know, actually buy-in to the sector. Do you know what it is as well, Terry? A lot of the manufacturing that kids will have been seen will have been from footage taken of a different era all right so the number of times that oh, yeah. do you know that way and the association will have been you know factory equals you know tens of thousands of workers you know grafting away to put a screw in a, a bit of metal or, or whatever it happens to be or a, a you know a production line you know things have so dramatically changed from those days in most companies not all companies but most companies do you know that way and and there's a bit of um just making sure that the that there's you know a bit more media on the modern stuff and um, you know to get people people interested 100 100 percent. and you know similar for teenagers scott i think it's more about an education on the career opportunities so that it can tailor the right subjects but, but, 
towards us. And that's on the basis, of course, Terry, that A, the, you know, the, 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 the teenagers are going to school um, and secondly, are actually wanting to work. Because I know when I was that age, you know, whether, you know, you'd rather be having fun rather than thinking about what you're going to be doing when you're, you're, you're 31 or whatever age you are. Because <laughs> that's, that's maybe a bigger, that's maybe something that even we can't um, fix. But um, well, aye, it's a challenge. I don't know. I don't know, because I remember when I was at school and I was very motivated with regards to your know, exams and whatever else. And I, I remember selecting, so the sort of key subjects, you know, I think we got to select six subjects or something like that. And maths and English is always one, but actually I picked graphical design and craft design. Mm-hmm. Now, graphical design's obviously, you know, like your draftsman, you know, um, drawing buildings and all that sort of stuff and whatever else and designing biz- buildings which obviously now done on CAD and whatever else these days but and then the, the second one was craft and design which was actually building you know whatever out of metal wood and all that sort of stuff in craft so literally for my exam I had to build a long ship and this <laughs> thing was like maybe six feet long literally six feet long and about five feet high That's a pretty... when, when you put the sail on it so it was amazing, right? And you were actually bending the wood round there. But do you want to know what? See if I reflect back on when I was at school and that, how long ago was that? 15 years ago, right? Maybe a wee bit longer than that, 16 years ago, whatever. Um, when I was at school, it was all very good. I, I wanted to do those subjects because of an engineering context. But actually, when I reflect back on it, I had no idea what these subjects would benefit me in a, as a career. Mm-hmm. I, I would automatically find craft and design being joiner. And I would automatically find graphical graphics design being obviously a draftsman. But actually putting that into perspective and how that adapts into a manufacturing environment, both these types of subjects where you're building, you're repairing, you're maintaining, you know, there just should be a lot more education into the actual career prospects with the actual subjects that you pick. And obviously math's been a big one for engineering, etc. But actually English is just as important, you know. You know, when you're, you know, from a senior management level and moving into university and, and studying for masters and degrees and all that sort of stuff and the amount of degrees and opportunities that there is for manufacturing as well. You know, I, th- I think a lot, maybe it's changed, Scott, maybe we're just maybe a wee bit behind the times, but I do feel a lot more could be done to highlight I think there should be we know there's bodies for representing the well actually maybe it is these bodies you know the EEF representing English manufacturing some of for Scotland as well whereby we should have a body you know encouraging and maybe they are maybe it's just I guess we've not heard of it you know encouraging you know so which 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 is, which is another thing because we're quite close to the pulse of manufacturing yeah well I'm just thinking, I'm thinking of any fairs or work fairs we've been at, and, and the big boys are there, you know, so your BAE Systems or your Jacobs or your, um, not Jacobs, uh, Doosan, you know, the big big companies are there. Uh, yeah, so, so the big companies are there, but actually, who's representing, you know, the SMEs or the medium-sized businesses out of them, do you know, that way, that actually could could tempt them into manufacturing, because it's, it's a, a, you know, I guess it's the greater good of the UK economy. But actually, you know, the, the roles would be a lot different as well than some of the big boys. Do you know that way? There's a lot more of a, there's a lot more autonomy, a lot, lot more variety um, in a smaller company than there can be in the, the bigger companies. So, aye, there's um, exactly. there's plenty to look at, isn't there? And I think I think just to wrap up, Scott. Obviously, the important ones, millennials, which is obviously people born in the eighties and nineties. 
historically, obviously, what I've kind of seen is manufacturing companies have brought people in, put them into certain functions, and then you would stay there until, you know, you get fed up or, you know, you screamed out that you wanted out. You know, that's the kind of stereotypical. And then, you know, it's generation after generation working within the same factory, uh, which is all good. But the reality is, obviously, in a skill, sh- in a skill shortage, um, that 43% of manufacturing you know, companies says uh, they find is a major challenge. How, how are they going to attract the best people? And I'll tell you why, Scott, and I'll tell you why we're talking about millennials, is actually, did you know that by the year 2025, which is seven years away, <laughs> right? My goodness. <laughs> millennials will make up 75% of the entire workforce. Wow. Oh, that's a scary thought, isn't it? Does that mean I'll be retired then? That's, um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a bold statement, but, you know, see, at the end of the day, so I, I'm going to give you my view, Scott, if that's all right. I'm going to give you my view, and, I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think you're late 80s, it doesn't matter, uh, late, late 70s. 79, but, 79. You know, yeah, so, God, I, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I think, so how, how, how would somebody attract me into their manufacturing company? And, uh, you know, so, firstly, the first thing that I would do if I was going for an interview or if I was looking at a company, the first thing I'd do is look at, I would look at their website. I would go into my mobile, I'd search their website. I would also go into the Glassdoor yeah. as well. And if anybody knows what, doesn't know what Glassdoor is, Glassdoor is, so it's glassdoor.com. You can search any company and it'll give you a ex-workers and current workers review of the workplace. If you've not done it already, go in and search your company on there. It's quite interesting. Luckily, I've only got Scott, so if Scott put up a review, we'd kind of know who it is. So, yeah, I mean, it's important that you bring your website into 2018. It's no good just throwing something up there. It's actually having something that interacts. People want to see people that work within the factory. So, yeah. you know, get a testimonial, get a video of your ops manager or your MD and actually promoting the business. Yeah. You know, all these sort of stuff, that kind of strikes to me that it's, it's a forward-thinking, ambitious, dynamic type environment. What I don't want to see is somewhere that's actually been done in WordPress that looks as if it was built in the 1980s when I was born and you think, well, I don't know, we man here. You know, is there really good career opportunities for me? Is there investment going on? Because you can't invest in a website. What chance have you get investing in the top machinery yeah. and the top process? It's about um, virtual yeah. virtual perception, eh? Can you literally yeah, exactly. oh, virtual, well, virtual or online perception, um, making sure that your yeah, brand and, is collective. Yeah, and exactly. And I think that does help with building up your brand image because everybody wants to work with your typical companies that they've grew up with. You know, so Coca Cola. Every Christmas you see it on adverts. You know. Kellogg's, you've always had Kellogg's as your cereal. These are brands that people have bought, been brought up with. You know, as a millennial, you know, you want to work with those type of companies because you see them as the forward thinking. The reality is, if you're a small, dynamic, nimble business, bringing out new products and putting a lot of investment, you get far more that you can potentially offer someone from a career experience and development opportunity. Therefore, get that and shout it out, you know, get that brand out there, make it positive. And what you'll do is you'll attract the best people because people will see an opportunity to quickly develop their careers, gain new experience and, and work with a growing business, which would be far more attractive for me than what it would be than working with a big blue chip. That's not to say blue chips, you know, nothing against that sort of stuff. It's not that at all, but it's actually how does a smaller business attract the best talent out yeah. there? Because the blue chips are already doing it because they've already got the brand. 
and a structure and the, and the, the the financial backing to allow them to do that because they know that by having a graduate scheme or having more apprentices coming through the ranks, then you know that that they will, based on their attrition, it should be able to keep them and develop them throughout the ranks. Do you know that way? Yeah, and um, offering good training and support as well. You know, if you're taking on someone from university and they want to complete their masters or they want to do an MBA, and it's actually someone that could be a future leader within your business, yeah. make sure that that's made out pretty clear and you can protect yourself as a business by putting in a clause of if you leave within a certain period of time you'd have to pay back your training costs and that's fair fair enough you know that you, you know there's there's protection there as well and what you do get is buy-in from that individual because you're investing in their future you're investing in their education which has clearly been important if they've you know went to university and did that coins it sorry Terry, this 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 is relevant but it's slightly it's, it's relevant from a reputational perspective. Just you talking about um, education there. We had an example this week whereby there's a gent that's um, he's studying at the moment and when he did one of these exams and he handed his notice in um, just before Christmas. And this, this is with uh, you know, a recognised, respectable and good company. And what, what's actually happened is the company, because he's handed his notice in, is refusing to give him the time off for sitting his exam. <laughs> so actually when that hi so when that chap you know leaves you know he's he's now leaving with whatever perception that is do you know that way so i think companies also need yeah. to remember that what what people um people that are leaving their company for whatever reason do you know that way what perception are they leaving that organization with because when there's a skill shortage or when you can't actually you know when you, everyone's fighting for the same level of talent then you know what what what, what perception um, is is getting left out there, and, and that that chap there now was really grateful initially for being allowed to to do his studies whilst you know whilst working, and he worked his hours accordingly. But now he's leaving, feeling for crying out loud, he's he's, he's actually having to do a visa, and he's not even sat the first one. Do you know that way? So uh, so, but no, but it, is, it ties in with what you're saying in terms of reputation of you know, the company, um, you know, good or bad is actually totally relevant for, for, for what the you know what they're trying to attract. And it's about the development thereof, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, that's the key thing, just to kind of wrap that up, Scott, because we went through some good information there. We've rambled on a little, but I think Aye. it's been very, very worthwhile. And it's uh, we've, we're, hopefully we've hit home a few points. It actually gave you a good a good uh, perspective from, from ourselves and, uh, you know, how to attract people into manufacturing. Thanks for listening to the Manufacturing Ignition podcast. If you've made it this far, we take it that you enjoyed the show. In return, we'd love it if you'd leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Subscribe while you're there and we'll catch you for the next episode.